How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. We bring to you a wrestling-themed show. We go over various topics, some of them unusual. Maybe some of them are not covered by the various other wrestling podcasts and YouTube shows. So we try to bring you unique content. And one of those things is ranking various stables. And we usually pick stables that are not necessarily the stables you think of right away, like the NWO or the Four Horsemen. So we go over the stables that you might have forgotten about, but they might be like, oh yeah, I remember who the, you know, that those characters. So we're going to bring you another one today and we are going to give you a little bit of history on the stable and then we're going to rank their members and see if Leonard and I match up. And the stable we have for you today is the Job Squad. So let's go over a little bit of history with the Job Squad. The theme of this group was that each member was a perennial kind of classic enhancement talent. They are known as, otherwise known as jobbers, which would lose to established or up and coming wrestlers. So the acronym J-O-B stood for just over broke, which was a reference to wrestlers penchant for appearing in pre preliminary matches and therefore being on the low end of the pay scale. So the job squad would wear shirts that were parodying the NWO in NWCW. So Road Dog was first seen wearing the shirt and made reference to the squad on March 30th, 1998 episode of Raw's War, the night after WrestleMania 14. Um, so they weren't created, however, until November of 98. Al Snow, Bob Holly, and Scorpio united and formed the job squad. And soon after that formation, they would appear in various matches in uh as you know various like three or two or four guys even at times they would face uh the the team of too much at one point they would help mankind in a couple situations and mankind would help them in a couple situations they gained a new member after helping mankind in Dwayne gill who would become the light heavyweight champion and he was later renamed as Gilberg, which was again, a parody of Goldberg in WCW. He would face Christian, he would uh, face Mark Marrow, he would face various people. At the December 13th Rock Bottom pay-per-view, Gilberg would beat Matt Hardy and the Brood would actually face Snow, Al Snow Scorpio and Bob Holly and uh, the Brood would win that match. Uh, you would see at the Royal Rumble, Blue Meanie, Al Snow, and Gilbert were each eliminated within a span of 10 seconds at that particular Royal Rumble. So in February of 1999, uh, Scorpio would be released. So with, with Scorpio being released, uh, you know, the stable would eventually go down to like two members after Gilbert would, would be released and phased out of storyline. So it would be Al Snow and Bob Holly, and it would come down to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre event, and Bob Holly would defeat Al Snow for the Hardcore Championship, and that would permanently end the job squad. Uh, they would make uh, various appearances after that, but the, the, the stable was done for the most part. 
And it only lasted a few months from November to February, November 98 to February of 99. So before we give our rankings, Leonard, I'm just going to say I think this is the worst stable we've covered so far. <laughs> well, probably based on uh, longevity, certainly. You know, we seem to be living around the 98, 99, 2000 time frame lately. We did Heroes of Wrestling. We did Right to Censor as another stable rank. And the Job Squad is similar to the RTC in that is a parody stable. It's comprised of random guys they didn't know what to do with. And then after the initial premise kind of wore off, it just petered out. Uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, I was in college at the time and I had wrestling on in the background and I was reading results online, but I wasn't super invested. So I do remember the Job Squad vaguely from this time period. And I didn't think much of them. It felt like a very wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing as K-Fabe continued to break down during this period. And, you know, as a fan, I knew what a jobber meant. Uh, They felt like a joke stable. And I'll tell you a quick story. A few years ago, myself and friend of the show, Dan Weber, went to a WWE house show at the Wheeling Civic Center. And they had a ticker going around the lower bowl. And one could tweet with the WWE hashtag or whatever, and it would go up there if they chose to put it up there. Right. But Dan made a Twitter account, right, as we were sitting there. And then he said, well, what should I post? And I said, the Shield were in the main event. So I said, right, that the Shield is the greatest WWE stable since the Job Squad. And he did, (laughs) and they put it up on the board. That's amazing. So anyway, for retrospect, and retrospect for this show, you know, researching, looking back at the Job Squad, I kind of understand what a catch-22 they were because you can't have them win too much because then they're not jobbers. On the other hand, you can't have them lose too much or the fans aren't going to engage with them. Also, I really wouldn't call anyone involved here a real jobber, even though that was sort of the idea as you went over, except for Dwayne Gill. Um, Everyone else was pushed to varying levels over the years. I mean, Two Cold Scorpio was a tag champion WCW, TV champion ECW. Uh, Bob Holly was involved in tag title and IC programs. Uh, they were lower card guys who had been pushed to varying degrees and not so much pure jobbers banding together for a better shake. I think that might have been a little more interesting, more guys on Dwayne Gill level. Uh, but, you know, they were what they were. And uh, we have five members to rank from bottom to top. Yeah. And, you know, I'll get to some of my thoughts on the stable itself, I guess, after we do our ranking so we can kind of wrap up uh, what we think of the stable overall. So uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about who we ranked and where. So you, Leonard, you would have five here, right? Yep. I've got number five and I have the blue meanie. Uh, interesting note, the blue meaning led his own stable made up of jobbers and parroting the NWO with BWO. I think that's probably why I don't associate him with the job squad. I associate him more with the BWO. He came in later than the other guys. He debuted in WWE with the group, and that didn't feel like the best fit for them or him on paper. Uh, you know, on paper, I see why why the meanie could fit into the squad, but reality, I don't think it worked. He always... Felt like a fifth wheel as the fifth member. And again, I didn't remember that he was a member till I went back and looked. Right. And yeah, you, you, you summed it up perfectly. I don't think that they had anything to do with him and they just were like, Oh, let's throw him in here. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of what they did. And I, I don't think that anybody would think of the job squad when they think of the blue meanie. Uh, and there's really not much else to say other than that. He's obviously my number five pick as well. <laughs> Uh, and to me, he, he is an obvious number five pick. 
Um, here on out, though, Leonard, I would be willing to bet a significant amount of money that you and I are going to be not on the same page here. Okay. I, knowing knowing who you like in this group, and knowing like knowing obviously how my own mind works. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know what? Go ahead. Who's your number four pick? Okay, number four, and I, and I would guess that we would match on this, but maybe I'm wrong. I've got Scorpio. You know, we've talked before about when it comes to a stable, there's a real dividing line between those who really commit to the concept and those who don't. And Scorpio always felt like he was in the background here. You know, he'd do his shit and he'd get out. Uh, Why I didn't watch anything of him talking specifically about the job squad, I could see where he would be kind of offended by being put in here, or just blah, by the idea. And I don't think you saw commitment out, out of him. So the fact that he was the first guy that was kind of cut and, and, and left the company makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, and Scorpio is one of those guys that was really great in the ring. I, I don't think that the job squad was the highlight of his career. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think that you think of the job squad when you think of Scorpio. To be honest, I think you would probably initially think of his WCW run. Yeah. He thought of anything first. But but yeah, I, you know what? Oddly, so we're matching up so far. Mm-hmm. I, I would have him as my number four as well. He was really underrated in the ring, but I, you know, don't think that this was a situation where he truly committed to this stable, whatever that might be, whatever that commitment might have looked like. You know, I don't think he wanted to be there because he probably understandably thought of himself as something more than a jobber. So, number three. So, number three. And, you know, I'm going to say, I, I bet you we match up for the rest of the way. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the opposite way. So my number three is, is Bob Holly. You know, Holly might not have liked the idea either, but I see more commitment uh, out of him. Um, he seemed more prominent in matches and, and promos than Scorpio was. And this did seem to be a, a gear shift for him, at least coming out of it. Uh, you know, the Holly and Stowe would feud and over the hardcore title, and that's where hardcore Holly came from. And that was really his second wind that, that helped put him, you know, the one, don't want to say on top, but farther than he had been, gave him a second life, gave him his biggest push, gave him support in Molly and Crash. Uh, so you know, I think when you were referencing earlier, the fact that, you know, that I do like Bob Holly from the video that we did on Dropkicks. And I'm Bob's got a surprised that you put him here. I thought you were going to rank him higher. Okay. And Bob's got a sweet Dropkick and I hear to that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, considering the stable, he he was number three for for me you know again he wasn't i do think of him when i think of the job squad but he's not the first name i think of and again i think he gave it commitment but not as much as the two and one guys on my list coming up yeah you know i so oddly enough i have bob holly as my number three as well Mm -hmm. and uh you know i agree with what you said i mean we it is responsible for the fact that bob holly cut his hair during this time so you know if he cut his hair for the job squad. I doubt that, yeah. but you know, in this era, you can see posters of him with long hair in job squad shirts. But then if you watch some of the in-ring work, he has short hair. And as you said, this would lead into the hardcore Holly character. And I do think now if you're get with Bob Holly at number three, you're getting into the people that are more known for being in this group. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Bob Holly was always very workmanlike in the ring and this period was really no different. I think that you would see some of his better, more memorable stuff after this. 
but uh but yeah he he deserves to certainly be in the middle here he contributed to the group he was a hardcore champion but i put him here pretty much because the other two at four and five were obvious but number three he ended the group <laughs> so yeah like you can't really put him high on this list because he's the reason that the group ended and didn't go forward so there you go okay so we're up to number two for me, which is the, the telling number here for, for us to see how we shake out. So I've got Al Snow. Snow was the leader of the stable, and the idea came from him. Uh, he was also the last technical member as everyone else faded out, and Snow wound up having that infamous match against himself that Holly came out for, and that led to their feud. Uh, and from what I've read, this was Snow's idea. It was something that he started in OCW. He was wearing a job squad shirt and talking about it there. Um, however, I feel that his deal with head and the schizo gimmick worked better on its own, kind of as a loner gimmick than matching him up with someone. But still, you know, it was Snow's baby through and through. He is job squad. Uh, but uh, as you could tell, I think that there's a member higher than him. But Snow, uh, as the leader and uh, the brainchild uh, of this, you know, you got to have him up there. All right. Well, I'm shocked. We are in total agreement here. So, yeah, my number two is Al Snow as well. I actually changed this at the last minute. I So I initially, my number one, I initially went with that person as number one. Then I changed it to Al Snow as number one. And then I changed it back um, because, you know, so Al Snow is listed as the leader of this group, which is probably accurate. And uh, he was the hardcore champion. And you, I do remember, if anybody, I remember wearing a job squad shirt, it would probably be Al Snow yeah. more than anybody else. Um, I do think that, as you said, Al Snow is better on his own. I don't think that any of these guys really, you know, needed with maybe with the exception of our number one really needed the stable. Uh, I think most of these guys, their best stuff was either before or after the stable. And uh, yeah, I mean, he contributed a lot to the group and I think he probably committed to it as much as he could to try and make it work. Uh, and I'll get into why it didn't work at, at the end. But, uh, but yeah, Al Snow, I think, is a close second. But uh, I put him at number two. So, yeah. obviously, Leonard, your number one is? Is Dwayne Gill slash Gilbert. Uh, and this is interesting because I know why you thought I probably went the other way. Because when we did the RTC, I had Richards at one and Ivory at two. And you were, were flipped right. based on the success that Ivory had. But maybe you talking about that made me think a different way here. So anyway, I've got Dwayne Gill at number one for two reasons. As I mentioned previously, Gill was a real jobber. You know, he had been a jobber in the early 90s for WWE, uh, lost to a lot of the top name guys. He was also in one of the suits for the ill-fated Toxic Turtles gimmick. If people know about that, it was a spoof on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were dressed in turtle costumes. He was Which, one of them. Quick side note. Mm -hmm. um there is i think it's available on demand on amazon as like you can buy it there's a set of of um, like a dvd set that i that i guess wwe released at one time it's like unreleased matches like wwe unreleased or something to that effect and the 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 turtles match is on there wow nice so so there's a lot of those really uh you know those gems on that set if anybody wants to wants to go search for it so. i'll have to look that up yeah um 
So Gil is the type of guy that you would want to try and elevate with this type of idea. He's also the guy, bar none, my second reason, who had the most success. You know, he got a fluke win over Christian for a light heavyweight title and then had a nice run with that belt, as you mentioned, getting wins over very notable names, sometimes under wonky circumstances, sure. Uh, and then the Gilbert gimmick that grew out of all this is probably the most successful parody gimmick of, of any of another wrestler ever. You know, Gil looks like Goldberg if he was left in a steam sauna for too long and got shrunk and wrinkled. Yeah. He's coming out broom closets. They're waving the sparklers. It was all, you know, hilarious and it was very memorable. And while people don't necessarily, I think, maybe connect Dwayne Gil to Job Squad or Gilbert to Job Squad, they remember Gilbert. They remember the entrances. Right. They remember, you know, how good Gilbert had the mannerisms down and all this. So, the gimmick was successful in and of itself. He had a title. He had a title run. He got wins. And he really got super, super elevated uh, because of this. And, and if you say, like, jobber to star, as someone who was a long-term jobber, not someone who was maybe started off their career underneath and worked their way up, but say, outside of Barry Horowitz, who we know had that fluke win over Chris Candido and got pushed for a little bit, Dwayne Gill is probably the long-term jobber who had uh, memorable success. I mean, today Gilbert's on cameo and he does conventions and, and, you know, he's working, he's getting money out of having had this brief run. Right. Uh, you know, no, I agree with everything you said. I mean, he was the person that benefited the most from the stable. He was the person that epitomized what this stable meant in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, you might not think of him with the job squad, but if you think of Gilbert, you have to know that he was in the job squad at that mm -hmm. time. He was also the light heavyweight champion, which is not a memorable belt, but it was still the most success that this group got. Mm -hmm. And he was the most high profile member in that he had wins. He had a wins on some of the more notable shows, be it raw he had a win on uh, pay-per-view mm -hmm. and that is one of the main reason why I put him as number one, because he had, like you said, the most success. And I think that you would think of this guy before you would think of anybody else other than maybe Al Snow. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, Gilbert was a great parody and uh, I always laughed when he would come out. And I think what's interesting about this group is that they had, in my opinion anyway, they had a good parody in Gilbert and they had a bad parody in their shirts. Um, so I, I'll just sit, kind of bleed into my thoughts on yeah, here. And I think that this group was a death sentence before it even started because you have a stable that's based on the fact that these guys are jobbers. Now in this era, I probably didn't know totally what a jobber was, but I mean, the fact that you're making a stable of guys based on the fact that they're jobbers and to on top of that, you're making their shirts and their logo a parody of NWO. I don't think that they were ever going to go anywhere based on that. Is it funny? Haha. -ha. Like it maybe it get, got a mild chuckle the first time you saw them in their shirts. But other than that, I, I think that this group was really like kind of doomed at the at the start. Um I also think that Mankind is like an unofficial silent sixth member because 
if you watch some of the ring work, like he would come out and help them get a key win over the new age outlaws. Mm -hmm. They would help him in a triple threat against, uh, I think boss man and Ken Shamrock. Uh, so, you know, he was always around. And if you read any of Mick Foley's books, you know, that, uh, you know, he and Al Snow are always teasing each other and are friends. So I'm sure that had something to do with it, but, uh, but yeah, I just think that everybody in this stable, except for Dwayne Gill Gilbert, was better before or after this group. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't remember this group hardly at all. I remember the shirt, but I don't really, rem I couldn't have told you before we started doing this when this group started and when they ended. And I think one of the main reasons is they weren't on TV that much. They were on Shotgun Saturday Night and Sunday Night Heat. Right. When I was looking up matches, that's what I was finding was shotgun Saturday night and Sunday night heat matches. Exactly. And they, those are not shows that were widely viewed. So mm -hmm. if you didn't watch those shows, and by the way, when I was that age, shotgun Saturday night was almost impossible to find on television, but Hey, uh, you know, it was interesting to go back and watch it now, not for the job squad, specifically for the reason that Bruce Pritchard was on commentary, which I yeah. thought was really interesting, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, these guys were on a, a, a couple Raws, and like I mentioned, Gilbert was on Rock Bottom pay-per-view, and they had that match that ended them in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but these guys weren't really given much of a chance to get going, mm -hmm. and based on the name and the shirt and this the gimmick as a whole, I don't know where they expected this group to go. I think it was just a, uh, well, we have these guys, let's do this with them, and maybe you mentioned Al Snow created it, so maybe there was some heart behind it but uh it, it it overall it's just not a great stable but i certainly had fun researching it and uh, ranking it so yeah i i found uh you know a podcast where bruce pritchard talked about how this was al snow's idea and i guess it then this was during a period where they were kind of letting guys do their own thing a lot and where vince russo was around and if you said hey vince uh can i uh you know Eat, eat a watermelon on tv or can can i blow up a tractor or what just whatever he'd go yes he just did not care uh what you did so bruce pritchard talked about how he figured vince mcmahon just thought this was some shit that vince russo came up with and just let it ride uh even though supposedly uh you know this was something that al had had done in ecw and wore the shirt all that um and you know everything you said is correct uh, and i alluded to that as well the idea that it's hard to put these guys over to engage with an audience uh, at the same time you know you can't let them win too much you can't let them lose too much and they had that one good raw mentioned where gilbert won the light heavyweight title where they helped else uh, mankind mankind helped them and with that, and the more I think about it as you talk, that would be a unique angle to go with as well. The idea that mankind at one point, you know, was a jobber, you know, Cactus Jack for years was a very lowly jobber. And the only reason he got a shot in WCW was because he could do the nasty plunge off the apron and damn near kill himself and look right. good doing it. And uh, so, and even mankind, the idea was that he was a loser, maybe not a loser in the ring, but a loser type of character. So, so I think the fact that he would have a heart for these losers, even though he was main event talent, 
Um, I think maybe that was the idea that they were going with, along with the fact that, again, he was uh, friends with Al Snow. It so would have been I, interesting if they had gone with him as a member officially. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, Mankind had a lot of different storylines going on at that time, but I can't, I mean, imagine if he was actually a member, the group might have had a much longer run. Yeah. It. And, you know, on top of that, like, I don't, I couldn't find a lot of promo work from these guys. No, so I didn't like, either. If they had had like a really heartfelt promo about, you know, their status as jobbers and what that meant and they're joining together to do, you know, X, Y, Z. I think that it could have been something, but, you know, creating the group and assembling it is only the start. You actually have to go somewhere with it. And uh, other than Dwayne Gill, it really didn't go where. So. Mm -hmm. So Leonard, do you have any other final thoughts before? No, we... I think, I think, I think that's good. I think we, we've got as much out of the job squad as, as we possibly could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I think our next t-shirt should be like Vince Russo holding a watermelon. I, I agree. And yeah. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we post a, a rough draft of that here on this episode. Yeah. There, 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 there you go. It's like, Hey Vince, can I eat a watermelon or something <laughs> like that underneath it should be, should be written on there. So yeah, you know, we love doing these stable ranks to look at something more unusual and different. Don't know what the next one is going to, to be, but uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll have fun and you'll have fun too watching it. Absolutely. So like I said, please check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a five-star review if you think we earned it. Uh, give us a like on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. We come at you each and every week with an episode. So uh, thank you for joining us. Comment. Let us know what you think of the Job Squad. Maybe you really loved them. And maybe you have a shirt. If you have a shirt, I would love to know that. If you still mm -hmm. have. But uh, thank you for joining us. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next week.